Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Great Hair Pete Robertson. I did my hair is nice today. It, isn't it? looks good, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I got a nice haircut. It you was know really, what it I is? was in and out it was quick. We're recording a little later in the day today, so you had some more time to play with your hair. You know what I got? I got this eight ninety nine coupon at Grey Clips. Oh, I love those. And so they were doing like this promotion, and so I got eight ninety nine at Grey yeah. Clips, and so I I went and got it done. It looks just for the show. Yeah, I give a five dollar tip too. It looks amazing. You should. Yeah. That, that's good. No, I, I don't, mean, they're working for a living, right? I don't do it for the show. I got some serious poof going on in my hair, looks, and if I don't get a cut, I got. I'm like a big old. Uh, my head's huge as it is. You guys, if you are only listening to the podcast <laughs> and not watching us on YouTube, you are missing out on some great. But hair. if you see my hair when it's full <laughs> in my head, I am huge. <laughs> Look I, at last week's show. You will see. It. <laughs> So I have to, I have to get a haircut to keep my head. Well, it looks decent. good. I know I'm like mine's starting to get long for me, but uh, yours is always short. Well, I like it that way. It looks. I good. I think it goes back to the military yeah. days. I think that's what it is. I like keeping it short. Hey, we had an amazing men's breakfast this weekend. Yeah. And man, I was blessed. We had a bunch of new guys, but I, I kind of wanted to share the story. We had we had a guy, a new guy. His name was Vance, who showed up. Nobody knew who he was. And he's just like, hey, I saw it on social media. And what was he saying? He said something about his church is like 35 minutes away. And he was praying that God would open up an opportunity to get more involved in his in his community. And then, boom, the, a Facebook post pops up that was sharing the breakfast. Yeah, Isn't that cool? It is. And, I, and, I, and all listeners, I mean, hear this. So this is kind of how... The men's breakfast is set up. So Bob is is the is the lead in that, and, and he does an amazing job. But there's another gentleman by the name of Jeremiah, and he's I, we call him Chef Jeremiah. And what he does is he just cooks for all these guys. He puts, you know, eggs and and you know bacon and sausage and sometimes filet mignon, and, and he just depends on what he's doing. Jeremiah is the key to men's breakfast. Let me tell you. But it but it's but this is this is how it's set up though. So hear me on this. So. We are never, so we're, as far as our churches are concerned, we're a part of the men's fellowship at the churches. So that's, that's it. But this, the way that this men's breakfast is set up, there's like 10 or 15 different churches that are coming to this men's breakfast. And it's just a bunch of guys that are getting there, but more than anything else, it's geared towards just going deep in the Lord, holding each other accountable um, it's anointed and it's just, and it's just so many gentlemen come every single month. And, and I, and you know, from a, as a pastor in a mentality, this is not against like, Hey, we're trying to be a men's group away from your men's fellowship. No, 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 no. This is in concert with the, yes. the men's fellowship of the churches in the community. And, and it's something, it's different because you have different backgrounds, you have different things and, um, you know, different beliefs or different, you know, religion aspects of things. And that guys are just coming together into fellowship. So I love the dynamics of this. I love how it's set up and it's, uh, it is just such a blessing. So, I mean, if there's, if you're out there, you're a pastor or, or maybe, maybe set something like this up, or if you're a, a leader that just wants to love on men and, and set something like this up, but the key is you have to have breakfast. So it's going to cost cost a little bit. You're going to have to donate some of that money, but you know, don't charge anything to come. But nope. you know, set it up for for uh, Bob. It's just it's men's breakfast, Lake Nona. So Lake Nona men's breakfast basically is how it's it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. Lake and Nona. So, we call it Lake Nona men. Yeah. So that's it. So it's just you find your city, your community, and then you just have a whole bunch of guys that come. And uh, but what we do is we encourage them to get involved in their church. We encourage them to. Um, to continue to serve the church, the, to be the men that they're supposed to be, the husbands are supposed to be, the, the fathers are supposed to be. It is, that's just basically what it is. It's pretty cool. So it's anyway. really cool. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, speaking of pastors, I think one of the cool things for me, Pete, is there, there's, there's a few pastors that attend this. And I got a comment one time from, from one of the pastors, and he said, I enjoy this group because I can just come and be one of the guys. Yeah. I mean, so what a blessing it is for, you know, to yeah. be able to, to just love on love on pastors as right. well. But man, the discussion. So I think this is the key part of this is it's not, um, we don't lecture. It's no, not, not, it's a not a sermon. Thing. It's no. not preachy. Yeah. We, we dive into the word of God and we'll, we'll share kind of 
a little bit like what we do here at the podcast feed. Yeah. You know, we'll share some text and then we discuss. But because we have we got a circle of guys, um, it's amazing the feedback you get yeah. from some of the guys on the perspective because they they are hearing God's word and God is speaking to them in different ways than He speaks to us. Yep. So it's, to me, it's really cool to hear. Yep their perspective it's that iron sharpen iron and it's just yeah. you just grow and you learn but so it's good. not just for us guys for girls can do this as well yes we, absolutely yeah so it should something out there yeah, that's I, good that's good you know another thing that's happening is you just told me that you're a professional bowler oh here we go you know here he is i thought this guy is just an amateur <laughs> but now i come to find out he really is a bowler and he's been he's a professional bowler and he's been sitting next oh, to me this whole goodness. time and I just find out he's going to be in a professional bowling tournament come in jacksonville come <sighs> next month or whenever right is it next month? Yes. Oh, and then he does another. He's going to do another one up in Virginia. And so this guy's like the real deal, guys. So anybody that is, follows bowling, um, you know that Bob Shoneman, he's a professional and he's really good. And he makes me look really bad. And um, and I don't know how to bowl that well at all. But he knows. And it's, I am so proud of him. And I just can't wait to see him bowl. Well, thanks, Pete. But it's all perspective. I mean, you guys... Uh, he it's bowls a, a 291. <laughs> every time you say that, everybody that does bowl, they they know you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's why I say it. <laughs> I know it's become a joke now. <laughs> but uh, well, Pete played baseball, right? Pete, and so like, there's there's, a long the, time there's ago. the major leagues, and then there's triple A and double A and single A, and uh, I'm I would be like you know a farm team guy for single a okay there's yeah just, but i mean but if I you wanted to be a Rangers, you could it. it's just takes a lot of time and effort yeah. and it don't pay that well, it's, well <laughs> that's the truth I, honestly i just i'm enjoying it and it, it's fun and it's honestly it's how my wife and i met we both bowled for florida state uh, my dad was a pro bowl, a weekend pro bowler uh, it's kind of in our in our blood i joke around with people saying that i was i was born in a bowling center um, so that's kind of kind of the going joke. The apple so. doesn't fall far from the no, tree with your dad and no, stuff. Yeah, that's right. So it's fun. We we enjoy it, and uh, sometimes we bowl well, and sometimes we embarrass ourselves. But you know yeah. what? You just give God the glory all the time, and that's that's the key. Good. If I win, I give Him glory. If I that's lose, right. we give Him glory. That's the key. Lord, help me win. Isn't and that's kind of what Shannon said when we had her on the show, right? <laughs> A real professional. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon is a, is a No, you're a real professional. Oh, I saw stop. your 289 score. Is that, there, that's better. That's See? Two, 289 sounds yeah, good. I saw that. Strike, 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 all the way across. <laughs> all right. We're not here to talk about me or yeah. bowling How today. many turkeys is that? That's like, that. you had like three you turkeys. You only get one turkey. You know, once it's past three, they start calling them different I think things. all bowlers are just turkeys. There you go. <laughs> now the truth comes out. There he goes. He's going to hate on bowling now. At least Barry's not here today to pick on bowling. Uh, it's just funny. All it's right. fun though. We talk about football and bowling and everybody's and listening, baseball. laughing at us now. We were talking about the hockey playoffs. Yeah. How much fun that's been. I love hockey. I mean, they're going into the second round now, and we got the both Florida teams playing each other. So yeah. the good news is one of them's going to make it to the conference. I like final. watching the fights though in hockey. Why? I just like it. That was my dad's joke. No, no, because... I always say that. I go to a hockey game and a fight break, broke out. That, I like it because they get hard to punch. You're on ice. You're like slipping and sliding <laughs> as you're trying to hit. It's kind of funny. It is kind of I'm funny. Just, I mean, it's like, okay, these guys are not really landing, <laughs> but uh, they allow them to go. That's one of the things I don't want them to ever change in hockey. Right. It let is kind them, of the fun. Until they fall down, they let them go. You know, my wife hasn't been to a hockey game yet, but she's kind of been getting into the playoffs. I try to explain to her how much better hockey is in person. So there's like football. We, let's go. We should go. But I mean, like football. It's I think be like $175 a ticket though, the football games, but it's better on TV. Oh, absolutely. You can see it better on TV. Absolutely. But hockey, there's you can't yeah. comprehend how fast those guys are going until you go and After see After this person. show, let's look at prices and see. <laughs> so if you'd like to donate tickets to the Panthers yeah. Lightning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, we would accept Thursday. That's too funny. Maybe we go Thursday. Who knows? Uh, All right. What are we going to talk about today? I don't know. We had a lot of fun at the beginning. That was fun. So let's talk about. Nope, our time's not up. No, let's talk about eating uh, your flesh and drinking God's blood. So cannibalism. Yeah. Let's 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 dive into that today and let's just unpack. That sounds deep. I think we should probably pray first. Oh man, we need it. Hey, no, pray for people that are alienated. Okay, let's go for it. Got it, Father. We. uh, First of all, we're just honored and humbled to have an opportunity to, to, to talk about you, 
to to dive into your word, Lord, as we 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 look into the rest of John chapter six, Lord. I pray that uh, you would just show us things that we haven't seen before. Teach us more about who you are, your character, why you came here, Lord. Um, man, I we've got listeners that we 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 know are struggling, Lord, with with pain and um, issues. I mean, there's guys that I can think of that that come to our our group that are suffering with back pain and and just all kinds of things, Lord. And I just pray that uh, you would give them some peace today as they're listening to this. That it would encourage them, Lord, but that they would seek you, ask you for for relief and Father, in your just amazing kindness and love. I pray that uh, that you would ease that for them, that you would comfort them. Uh, and, and just draw them nearer to you in that circumstance. Father, we give you this show now. We give you our listeners, Lord. We pray that uh, each and every one of them would be uh, drawn closer to you today um, as we discuss John chapter 6. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think it's episode 85, I think. And what? It, I don't know. I think so. And I think we're calling it Eat My Flesh and Drink My Blood. That's a crazy title. It is. It's a crazy. This is gonna be a crazy show. I, I'm wondering what that's gonna look like on YouTube when you know they, they you know, they t- <laughs> when they put the title up. We might get banned. Should we put a question mark sure? next to it? Eat my flesh, drink my blood? Question mark. Oh my! Would that goodness. help? Well, who knows? Let's. Go. You know what the funny part is? What? People are already gonna know the answer to that before they hear us talk about it because okay. it'll already be up. Wow. And that ooh, that's weird, right? It is. That's like living outside of time. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So it's John six twenty two for thirty one is what we're going to be covering today. All right. So yeah. the last time we were covering, uh, we were in John six, the, the beginning part, right? Yeah. Um, verses one through twenty one, and what we talked about there was uh, how does how does a disciple trust Jesus? We covered in depth the feeding of the five thousand yeah. and walked our listeners through the importance of learning what God's perfect will is. Yes. At the heart of every circumstance comes questions of how to handle them best. Yeah. In those circumstances, we must be willing to listen to Jesus. Amen. Because he just might want to feed 5,000 people right in front that's of us. That's mind-boggling that's, to think about. That's right. Yeah. Um, and just a couple with just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. Man, that, that's just amazing to think about. That was a that was a great show, Pete, and yeah. uh, we were we encourage you to go back and listen to it's it. Seventy eight episode seventy eight, and this is episode eighty. Oh, yeah. So something squeaked in between there. Yes, I think it was like the Catholic show. Or <laughs> that's something. exactly what it was. Yeah. In today's show, we'll be covering John six verses twenty two through seventy one. So we got a bunch of text to cover today. Yes, Pete. we do. I better have my water ready. Yeah, we will be picking up where we left off on the discussion that came from Jesus's miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, in grace, Jesus fed hungry people, but in truth, meaning he gave them the word of God. Yeah, so in grace, meaning he gave them, so it was an action, he helped them, he fed them, he blessed them, he did that in spite of them. Um, But then ultimately what he was wanting to do is give them the word of God. He wanted them to have truth that set them free forever. Amen. Yeah. So they wanted physical food, but they did not want the truth. In the end, as we will see today, most of these disciples abandoned Jesus Hmm. and they refused to walk with him. We will see that Jesus lost his crowd with just one sermon. I mean, I can understand why, though, because he's telling me to eat my flesh and drink my blood. (laughs) So, Jesus, what are you doing? So we're going to cover that and kind of explain that. But what else? Um yeah, so today he to, we're going to call this sermon the bread of life. So this is this was but not the, the sermon on the mount. No, nope. follows the sermon on the mount. So you got yeah. sermon on the mount, then yeah. you got a boat ride. It's the next day, and then it's the. the so bread this is of the life. I am statement. One of the main I am statements. I am the bread of life. He's I think it's talk the about first that. one, right? Pete? Yep, I believe so. Okay, all right, and it is actually a dialogue between Christ and the people, especially the religious leaders. So this is not like a sermon. This is him just sitting around and talking with these people. So they're asking him questions, and he's just answering their questions. I mean, he's actually giving them a time of day. But he has a there is a purpose behind what he's doing. So, Can you imagine that? Yeah. Getting to sit down and have a dialogue with Jesus? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, someone that knows everything. What, but then, a, what an opportunity. Then the sermon starts outside, but eventually we're going to see it. I think in verse 59, it changes into the synagogue. Yep. So I think, or right it before It started that, raining. Yeah. I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah, it I think that, that he, it became more formal, I think, at that time. So yeah. it's like he went from the outside, now he's in the synagogue, so maybe it's more the religious leaders, or he's trying to get away from some of the people that were, um, I don't know, just like hanging arounders. 
if that's the right word. Hanger-rounders. Yeah. So, so those, are, those are not the followers of the way. These are the hanger-rounders. It's, it, was a, it was a cult back there, back in the day. It was the hanger-rounders. So in verses 22 through 20, 40, we're going to see people seeking the truth. In verses 41 through 51, we're going to see people beginning to complain and grumble. And then in 52, 59, they start to fight and they quarrel. And then the last part in verses 60 through 71, they begin to walk away from Jesus. And so we're going to kind of get into that. So let's read verses 22 through 40 to start. Yeah, that's a big uh, chunk. Let's let's read that and then kind of break that down. All right. 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples but that his disciples had gone away alone. So I guess they remembered him going up into the mountain, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of walks, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, make sure I understood that right. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. That's the feeding of the 5,000. Right. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum. Why can I not say that well, town? Barry calls it Capernaum or Nam or something. Capernaum. Like, I was like, what? It's Capernaum. Cap- but Capernaum. Whatever. Thank you. That's it's not okay. hard to say. No, it's not. Why am I struggling? I don't know. All right. So why did they go to Cap- Capernaum? Because it, they were seeking Jesus. Yeah, they wanted. So Jesus wanted to get away from them. So Jesus is like, dude, we type, we need to rest because these guys are going to try to make me king because I'm feeding them and they're going to like want to you know That's elevate right. me. And so I was like, I got to get away. So he tells his disciples to go. The disciples go, but he knew that there was a storm. We talked about this storm in the last episode. And he's like, you know, I'm going to th- test them now. And this is the, the, the storm that Jesus w- walked on water and Peter came out and all that. Um, but we didn't talk about that, but that was in another d- Gospels. Yep. And so now he's across the other side. And these guys are like, dude, we're not done with Jesus. We want more. And so that's what's happening. <laughs> Side note. You think it's? I think it's a little comical that John doesn't mention that Peter walks on water. Yeah, I think, <laughs> it's almost like it's a it's a duel. <laughs> yeah, I think that he's already given him. He's, you know, he's probably thinking the other gospels have already bashed on him enough, so he's like, yeah, I'll uh, give him a little. I'm gonna give here. him a break. Yeah, uh, that's so funny. Anyway, side note. <laughs> All right, verse twenty-five. We'll continue. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Now you know, Pete. I, when I used to read this, especially as a, a kid, and maybe even up to about 15 years ago, I've pictured like the ocean, the vast ocean, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got to go to Israel and I saw the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Like you can see across it. It's yeah. a lake. Yeah, it's big though. So yeah, it's big, but yeah. it, it just gave me a different perspective. Yeah. Rabboni. Yeah. So yeah. you could see how they could walk there the next morning. Anyway, mm-hmm. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Wow, they just wanted food, Pete. Mm -hmm. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Mm. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Great answer here. Jesus. But again, so they're, they're thinking the religious aspect of things. So, so, so they're, so when they're saying, what do we have to do for the works of God? So that's religion. So anytime that you look at religion, so I don't care what religion that means, Christianity, Islam, Mormonism, Catholic, whatever. If you have to do something to earn the favor of God, or you have to do something to earn the favor of anybody within the church, that is a workspace religion. That is not what God is saying. So he's going to answer it now. So let's go ahead and just talk about that. Jesus answers them. This is the work of God. So he's going to give them the answer. Yep. That you believe in him who he sent. That's it. Wait, that's it? That's it. And they're like, yeah, but what else? What else do we no, have to do? What's the che- Is there a checklist? It's that simple. Wait, no, we have to feed the poor. We have to... No. Nope. We have to paint... No? No. Nope. What it's else? That that's simple. it? That was the answer. It can't be that simple, that's Pete. That's it. All right. That's it. Religion sucks. Re- re- there it is. It's been a few shows <laughs> since we heard it. Religion sucks. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Mm. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. 
Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Amen. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Mm. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah, that's a promise we're going to talk about here in a little bit, talking about when anybody that that comes unto Jesus, that the Father, we're going to talk about the sovereignty of God, um, that comes into Jesus, that you're saved once and for all. He does not lose his own. So if you have given your life to Jesus, that's it once yeah, and for that's, all. Yeah, to me, that's pretty clear right there that uh, once saved, always saved, right? Well, yeah, I believe you're truly, truly child of God and surrendered. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into this and dissect this. Let's have some fun. All right. So statement number one, Pete. Yeah. In our last show uh, in John, we ended, so not last week's show, but two weeks ago, we ended the show with Jesus walking on the sea in a storm and in today's reading, it starts out the very next day after the storm. Yep. The disciples must have been impressed that so many people stayed through the storm in order to seek after Jesus. I was further. just, I was thinking, they're just, they got, they seem like they're prideful, so they're probably looking at, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. The disciples. That's, that's just the way I looked at it. Yeah. Well, again, they wanted to make him king, and they're like, yeah. oh, we get to be in the court. If yeah. he's the king, we get to be in the that's, court. That's my I can thought. see how pride would take yeah. over there. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. You know, yeah. we're, we're following the right guy. That's my well, thought. Well, you are following the right guy, but <laughs> your goals are a little yeah. different than his are. Right. One day they'll come to terms with it. Right. Them. They will. I trust, you know, I, well, I read the book. <laughs> but Jesus was not impressed. He knows the human heart. He knew that the people originally followed him because of his miracles, but now their motive was to get fed. Oof. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, kind of in the discussion part, I was just thinking, do do we follow Jesus because we believe that he will give us stuff? You know, is God a genie God? Um, people only want Jesus for the benefits he can give them. I mean, do you have any examples or any thoughts on that? Well, or? no, I, 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 it just made me ask the, the, the question, why, why are you following Jesus? Why yeah. are you seeking Jesus? So yeah. I kind of just took it right out of the text, and I'm like, um, yeah, is it because... You know, I, I want my life to go well. I want to be famous. I want to, you know, have a nice family. I mean, if those are the reasons you're seeking Jesus, it's the, it's the wrong, you're seeking the wrong things. In other words, I think it's easy to start worshiping, worshiping the provision and not the provider. Mm. So that's what we got to remember. I mm -hmm. think it's kind of the whole thing of the, you know, creation or worshiping creation instead of worship, worshiping the creator. Mm -hmm. I think that's what they're falling into. They're falling in love with the things he can do for them, not for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in my notes, I kind of wrote down, I said, God cannot be a genie God because he is not a servant to us. We are a <laughs> no. servant to him. So we have to get that straight. He's God. We're not. He's the creator of all things. He's the author and finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. So everything begins and ends with him. So everything is about him, for him, through him. It's not about us. It's not, not anything. It's always about how are we positioning ourselves to be in his presence? How are we, are we aligning ourselves to do what he is doing, what he wants us to do as he has taught us? But I said, genie gods wouldn't allow suffering in our life. But because God desires us to be holy like him, suffering is sometimes needed. As Romans 5, 1, 5 says, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's, it's, if, you know, a genie God is not going to say, oh, I'm going to allow you to suffer. You know, a genie God is like, oh, no, I want you to take care of it. You know, but God, he wants us to be holy. He wants us to to be um, to walk as he walked on this earth. That's his desire. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get us to be molded and shaped into his image, into his likeness and not into our own likeness or to what we desire. Um, God is a loving father who delights in giving good gifts to his children. Matthew seven eleven says, but it is according to his perfect will, not ours. He is good and will always point us to rest in him. And so that's kind of how I see that. Is God a genie God or is a, or is a God that you can trust and know that he has a, his perfect will 
uh, for our lives and it's good and it and can we trust that and so that's kind of that part you All know right. Pete I heard I hear this term thrown around a lot the the prosperity gospel yeah and I think that's kind of what they're falling into here this is that's what it, yeah. it could certainly lead into that right it's yeah. like they're following the right guy but they're just following him for the wrong reason. Yeah, we might do, we should do a show just on that because that theology is all jacked up and it confuses so many Christians. And so I'm going to write that down. That's a good, yeah. And, I, I would uh, like to learn more about it because I've heard the term a lot and I'm not sure I completely grasp yeah. what that means. So but we'll do a show on that. I did yeah. write in my notes that this sounds like the root of that and yeah. where, or maybe not the root of it, but these people were kind of falling into the same trap that so many people are falling into today. Well, they just, I mean, serve me, serve me, serve me. And if you're a good God, then you're going to take care of me. Da, 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 da. But they, they completely miss the whole point of what Jesus is doing. So, well, all right, let's go on to our next All right, one. verse 27, Jesus pointed out that there were two kinds of food. Food for the body, yeah. which is necessary, but not the most important. And then food, <clears throat> excuse me, and then food for the inner man, which is the spirit, which is essential. What people need, what people needed, was not earthly food, but life. Natural food only sustains life, but Jesus gives eternal life. So that's good. I mean, because you look at the opposite. If you don't eat food, you're you're gonna die. I mean, you'll be done on this life. But if you don't get spiritual food, you're, you're gonna die for eternity. Yeah. So I mean, that, which which one's more important? Yeah. I mean, it brought it made me think of Isaiah fifty five too. <clears throat> it said, "Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy?" And so Isaiah basically is saying the same thing that Jesus was talking about. It's like, you know, what's the most important thing in your life hmm. is, uh, is trusting in a living God that's going to provide. He's the great provider. He's the one that takes care of you. He's the one that's going to lead you and he'll never forsake you. Um, or are you going to put your money and your, and your heart into, you know, the physical, are you going to, you know, focus in on your work? Are you going to focus in on making money? Are you going to focus in on all these things that will please yourself, that will give you meaning, give you purpose versus focusing on what does Jesus want? What is Jesus thinking? What is Jesus desiring? Um, how is he going to give me eternal life where, you know, if we focus on just the physical aspect, it's, you know, it's fleeting. It's, it's for a moment's time and it's, it's gone. You know, you eat it and it's done with Jesus. It's eternal life. It continues to go on. Um, so what Jesus cares most is that people have eternal life, which should be what we care most about. We can meet needs, but it would be, be with the intention of meeting spiritual needs most. And so that's all he thinks about. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you ignore the physical need. Obviously, Jesus fed 5,000, right? Yep. So he did meet the physical need. Well, he needs. used that to get to the spiritual side. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 twofold, but the most important thing to Jesus wasn't feeding them. It was teaching them about him, and so they can have eternal life. He didn't come to give them bread. He is the bread. That's right? it. All right. Statement three. We see in verse 30 that the crowd began to seek a sign from him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians one twenty two. For the Jews require a sign. He always said that. He said it multiple times. I just put that in there. Yeah. Well, he was like the you know the leader of the Jews, so he would know. Yeah. The rabbis taught that when the Messiah came, he would duplicate the miracle of manna. They believed that if Jesus was truly sent by God, that he would cause manna to fall from heaven. They wanted to see and believe. But faith that is based on signs alone is not on the truth of the word. Can and will lead and can and will lead people astray. For even Satan is able to perform lying wonders. Yeah. What are, what are lying wonders, Pete? So, I mean, just deceptions, manipulations. Um, you know, people come to seek sign and Satan performs signs. I mean, he does, you know, again, we talked about, and I'm, I'm going to be very careful with saying this, but, you know, the Bible tells us that he comes as an angel of light and he comes looking like it's the right thing. And I believe that Islam and Mormon, because we've done a couple shows on that, uh, the angel came and, and deceived them. So he wanted to cause confusion. He wanted to cause, you know, disruption within the faiths. And so they came to give them these, these uh, signs or something or this new religion. And it just causes confusion with people. So that's what he's going to do. If you don't know the truth, hmm. when something else comes, it will cause you to be deceived. And so that's kind of what I see. But Second Thessalonians 2, 8, and two uh, 8 through 10 says... And then the lawless one, which is Satan, will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. 
The coming of the lawless one, Satan, uh, uh, one is by the activity of Satan, which will power, which, uh, with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So Jesus in John 14, six says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Okay. So no man gets to the father, but through me, anything, any religion or anything that teaches otherwise is not the truth. And if you do not know the truth, you can be easily deceived um, looking for signs, you know. And so if you're saying, oh, I mean, show me a miracle. Well, Satan might do a miracle right in front of your face. And you're like, well, that was an angel and he brought me these tablets. And now I have to believe that this is the truth. And so or he might do something that's, you know, supernatural that you're like, wow, that's got to be God because there's no way that could have happened. Well, if you don't know the truth, you can be easily deceived. And I've never thought of it that way before. But yeah. So that's kind of what's going on here. All right. All right, moving on. Yep. In verse 32, Jesus Jesus told them that Moses was the one who God used to bring bread down from heaven. Then he identified what the bread is. In verse 35, he said, He is the true living bread of life. They will never hunger or thirst again if they believe in him. In verse 33, Jesus mentions that he came down from heaven. But he came not only for Israel, but also for the whole world. That's mind-boggling. I don't think they comprehended that at all. They didn't. They probably didn't. No. Would they have wanted to either? Because, yeah. you know, they're the chosen people, right? Yep. yep. And he came not just to sustain life, but to give life. In this sermon, Jesus references seven times, uh, referenced seven times to his coming down from heaven. This statement declares him to be God. Yeah, I don't think, I think we pass over that. So a lot of times we'll read that and, say, and he says, well, I came down from heaven. I came down from heaven. I came down from heaven. It's like, hello, he's telling you that he, he is from heaven. He is, he is God. Who else can come down from heaven? Open up, listen to what he's saying, people, you know, so Isn't that's it crazy. Cause these guys are smart faith guys. I mean, they, yeah. they know the yeah. old Testament. Yeah. And they but just, they, well, they, they didn't see this. See it. No, the, the mystery was not revealed to them. I mean, that that came later. I mean, it came to the disciples. That's part of the parables. Um, we'll talk about that. But let's let's just kind of look at this. Why? So Jesus, again, ah, man, we don't have time. We got to do a whole show. So I... I <laughs> Make another note. <laughs> yeah. So because Jesus, the whole point of Jesus was to redeem the whole world. Because, and again, I've talked about this, Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9. If you guys read this, you're going to see that Jesus, that God turned his back on the, and he gave the inheritance to the world. He turned his back against the world. And then he called by himself Israel. He called out of Abraham to come to be a nation. Okay. Through that nation is where salvation comes. It's through the Israel nation. And I, we don't have time to go into this now, but that, that through Jesus, he saved, he was able to save now the whole world that he once rejected. Um, and I know that that's confusing and you're probably Pete. You, you should write a explain. book about it. I am. I'm kind of give an illustration on that and, and we'll, we'll do a show on this to give it more. So I'm sorry ahead of time. Just know this. God turned his back on all the world and that, and, and then he called Israel and through the Israelites and through the Jews, that salvation came and it's through Jesus. And because of Jesus's sacrifice and his resurrection from the dead and hit the blood that he spilt, that he is God, that now the whole world can then be saved. Um, so that's what happened. And that's kind of what he's telling them here that when he came down, that I'm the bread of life and that's what's happening. I'm redeeming the whole world again. And they're like, wait, what? You know, that's kind of what's happening. I know it's confusing. Sorry. But it's always been the yeah. plan. Yeah, always. Always. From the very beginning. From the, yeah. yeah, from the very beginning. Since Garden of Eden, since the, the Tree of Life to the very end, Revelation 21, where the Tree of Life comes back in, it, there's, there's always been a single thread throughout the whole Bible. And uh, we're going to get into that even more uh, in future shows. But let's move on to talk about Statement 5. All right. Well, let me read 37 oh, yeah. through 40, yeah. uh, just kind of because it's been a little while. Yeah. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him mm. should have eternal life and i will raise him up on the last day notice he says his will three times Pete. yep 
Yeah, and I think he, he's trying to tell us something. Yeah, and again, he so he's explain he's so a, a Pharisee or a religious leader is going to know what I just talked about thirty two eight nine. They're going to know that they're going to know that that's what happened, and so he's now explaining to them this is what I'm here to do. You know, so in these verses, Jesus is explaining the process of personal salvation. You know, these verses are among the most profound words that he's ever spoken. And we cannot, we cannot hope but to understand the depth of it completely. We're going to do our best, but it, it's, it's pretty grand. And to these, these Pharisees and these religious leaders are like, what the heck? You know, I mean, this is a big deal. He so, spells out the gospel in four verses right here. He basically <laughs> does. He explained that salvation involves both divinity, divine sovereignty and human responsibility. The Father gives men and women to the Son, but these men and women must come to Him, that is, believe in Him. He assures them that nobody who came to Him would ever be lost, but would be raised at the last day. Mm. If we believe Him in what He is saying, death cannot rob us of salvation. Amen. So that's that's kind of it is. So if you want to talk about the discussion, and then we can talk about it read the discussion yeah part. god's sovereignty and human responsibility go hand in hand we have to accept that it is the father's will that sinners be saved and that those who trust jesus be secure in their salvation believers receive eternal life and jesus can never ever ever lose them yeah so again so he's telling these religious leaders that listen you guys want science from heaven you want manna to come and moses did that and all that and i get that and that could fill fill your physical body, but I am the bread of life. And what I'm saying is that when you believe in me, you will then have eternal life because of what I represent and what I'm going to do. You're going to have bread of life. And I know you don't understand that. And I know you can't comprehend it, but what I'm telling you right now is the whole world. I have come to save the whole world. And if the whole world would believe in me, and if they would, they would show the responsibility of, of, I surrender my life to you, God, I will show, I will walk with you, I will serve you. If you do that, then the sovereignty of God is he has chosen you, he has set you apart, and that he's going to bring the two together, and now you have eternal life for all eternity. So it's God does his part, the sovereignty. When Jesus says in John 17 that he has called my own, he's, he showed me who my, are mine. Okay, that is the sovereignty of God. That is God revealing who are his and then we responds by saying i am i want to be a part of god's will i want to be saved i want to believe in jesus and now i come to the sovereignty of god to one and now i am made i am i have eternal life because of that it's a free gift but you have to take it yeah so if i'm giving you this bottle of water yeah. you can't try to take it you have to take the bottle of water there's, 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 this is, this is the debate in the Christian world and we're not going to get into that. And I know that if you're listening to this and you're into the, you know, all of the Calvin and reform theology and all these other things, but listen to me, I, there's there, the way that I see this and the way that we understand this is if, if Jesus has called us, okay, if we are elect or, or, uh, because the Bible talks about election and that we are predestined and all of that. If we are called, if we are called by God and God has separated us, we still have to say, yes, I want to live for you, Jesus. I don't believe that, uh, well, I believe that God can do whatever it takes. So I'm, I mean, just let me just say this. Remember Paul when the road to Damascus? So he was blinded. I'm thinking Paul didn't have much of a choice at that moment. I'm thinking that God says, no, nah, Paul, you're my man, and I'm going to blind you, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get your, get your uh, attention. Um, but I still believe that Paul had to say, all right, I believe. You I know? Just, oh, yeah. He still, had to, he still had to humble himself and say, all right, God, I will follow you. I get it. I don't want to go through this ever again. I'm not a fan of being blind here, um, so I will follow you. But I, I still believe that, like you said, he had to take the water. But now... Did Jesus make it pretty? I mean, did Jesus make it pretty hard for Paul not to turn away? I think. I think. Yeah. But he could have just yeah. started feeling sorry for himself and like, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. You know what? As he's talk, as Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, I can't help but think how. So I'm trying to put myself in their position. He's basically crushing everything that they believe in. Yeah. So they're like, you've got to do all these steps, oh, yeah. all those six hundred oh, yeah. rules. Take it away. You've got to take. I mean, that all. Yeah. He, what Jesus is saying in like two sentences. So simple, is so all basic. All of that is pointless. Yep. 
That's it. That has nothing to yeah. do with salvation. AKA religion. And, and it a, sucks. Religion. It is pointless. But that's what he's saying. Yeah. And, and they're believing, no, you have to do all of this yeah. stuff to work your way to God. And Jesus is saying, no, listen to me. Truly, truly, I'm telling you that. <laughs> the byproduct, the byproduct of worshiping Jesus and just believing in him is that the spirit of God falls upon you. The love of God falls upon you and your relationship with him becomes intimate and real. And from that, we are doing the things of God, period. And it's not because we have to, and it's not a religious act. It is because I am just wanting to be in fellowship with my father and do what my father is doing. That's it. Amen. All right. In the next part of our reading, we will see how the religious leaders start to complain. They knew what Jesus said, that he came down from heaven, that he was claiming to be deity. They thought they knew him and where he came from. They could not understand him claiming this. Let's read um, 41 through 51. 51. Yeah. All right. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he how does he now say I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, "Do not grumble among yourselves, among grumble, yourselves. Grumble. grumble, grumble. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father." Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Wow, I mean, so he's just he's kind of he's kind of like um, overly emphasizing he's what down. he's been saying. So yeah, he's doubling down, <laughs> tripling down. <clears throat> so uh, Jesus, of course, was the legal son of Joseph. He's not saying that he wasn't, but not his natural son, for he was born of a virgin. The leaders identified Jesus with Nazareth in Galilee, not the, from Bethlehem in Judea, and they thought that Joseph was his natural father. So my thought was, what if they investigated this further and then they would have learned who he really was? Sometimes we don't get proper context of what God is saying. We jump the gun. We should do a little bit more investigation. What's your thoughts on that? No, I just we do this all the time. I do this all the time. Yeah. You like you just jump the gun's a good way to put it. You just already have a perceived uh, a perception in your head and you just kind of run with it and what you hear you kind of like use it to reinforce it or wrap it around to make it be what you already believe. And that's what these guys are dealing with. They've already got something in their head of, okay, this is what the Messiah is going to look like. And so when the Messiah is sitting right in front of them, they can't even see it. Yeah. A, a, a belief in the wrong truth can, can completely change the direction of your life. So if you're, if you're not looking at truth properly, meaning you have not looked at the Bible in context, you do not know Jesus the way that you're supposed to know him, and you come up with this preconceived idea that is not the absolute truth, but it's out of context, and you live by that, thinking and believing that it's the absolute truth, it will can, it can absolutely change the direction of your life, and it can mess things up big time. And so it's it's very important, and we've shared this a million times on the show, that you know the word of God. If you do not know the word of God, not just the word of God, but know it in context and not just to read it, but study it, learn it, know it, because that is how we become intimate with Jesus. That is how we know who he is and what he's all about. And, and these Pharisees did not know him intimately. They kind of knew about him, but they did not know who he was. The disciples knew who he was. They had an intimate relationship. They saw firsthand who was. We, if we are a disciple of Jesus, we know him intimately. Hmm. But if we don't, we can get caught up on a false truth, thinking that it, and man, it can just mess our lives up. That's so good, Pete. There's such a difference between knowing who somebody is and knowing somebody. That's it. We, we talk about this on a lot of different shows and because it's, I think it's one of the things that just, it's, it's a passion of ours that we just... It breaks our heart that we know that there's people all around us that know who Jesus is, but don't know Jesus. No, they don't. 
And they I, know and, him as the Pharisees and, knows him. Yeah, That's I it. mean, it's it's just it, you know yeah. we talk we use the example. You know, I know who George Washington is, but I've never had a, I don't have a relationship right. with George Washington, and I just feel I fear that way too many people think that they know who Jesus is, but they don't. Well, it's, the, it's just a historical figure to them. Well, let's go with George Washington. But there's historians that know everything about George Washington, okay? I would believe those historians because they've studied George Washington backwards and forwards. But George Washington is dead. Jesus is alive. Amen. And so the difference with that is Jesus talks back. Jesus communicates. That's good. George Washington does it. You can't. And if we know, like the historian Jesus... And we study him and learn him. There's nothing that's going to get in front of us. If God be for us, nothing can be against us. And I'm telling you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And because God is in us in such an intimate way, this Satan or demonic spirits or anything that comes against us, watch out. Because we have Jesus and we know know him really well. Know the word. That's it. All right. In verse 43, it talks about them grumbling. Even in the days of Moses, the Jews were known for their grumbling. This is so true. Perhaps this at this it, I laugh at it when I'm reading through there. Like, wait, didn't you just see him part the Red Sea? Yeah. <laughs> they They're still up. grumbling, right? Yeah. Why did you take us out of Egypt? Okay, anyway. Perhaps at this moment, the leaders and some of the crowd had now moved into the synagogue to continue the discussion. The main issue they were trying to figure out is where did Jesus come from? Five times Jesus used the phrase come down from or came down from heaven. So he was telling them where he came yeah, from. That's what I don't understand. But they if could you not accept what he said. it. Yeah, They're they not could. listening. No. Because they've already got a preconceived idea. That's it. So God's word is true. Okay. We just talked about this. And to argue against it does not change the fact that it's still truth. So it's he said it and we have to either believe it or we don't. Okay. Grumbling about our circumstances or what God says is not the most healthy thing to do. It's not going to, it's not going to help the situation. But I, I, in my notes, I kind of walk down some different thoughts on grumbling. Grumbling reveals a rebellious attitude towards God. You may think your grumbling isn't that serious, but what this attitude of your heart, when you complain about the weather, you're annoyed because the rain or the heat interferes with your plans as if they were wiser and more important than God's plans. So it, again, so grumbling, so we can get all bent out of shape just from the weather and we completely lose sight that maybe God is in charge of something. Maybe there's something happening that he wants to adjust our life. Maybe we need to see it from his perspective versus just grumbling about everything that's happening. You know where this gets me, Pete? <coughs> Driving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody's going slow or they didn't use their turn signal, or, you know. That's when I start grumbling. Well, Lord, I, I, Lord help me. I use it in my next my next thing. So I said, grumbling keeps us from loving others. We fail to rightly love others when we complain about them. Hmm. Consider the anger that is stirred up in our hearts against other drivers in a traffic jam. <laughs> we think our own ease and preference are more important than theirs. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins showing hospitality to one another without grumbling as each has received a gift use it to serve one another first peter 4 7 says that sorry i didn't mean to jump into your notes no no that's okay (laughs) but i mean it's it's the same thing with with driving it's like you know i don't know what they're going through if someone flipped me off on the freeway i pray for them because i know immediately they're in pain yeah you don't flip somebody off lest you're hurting there's something happening in your life right it's true if you're driving recklessly and whatever your uh, your world is upside down i mean there's things that are happening in your life that is causing you to be reckless so i just start praying for these people um if i'm in a traffic jam i don't like it Turn on worship music, right? Turn on a message and listen. Use you know, the time wisely. Worship, pray, do something. Look at everything as an opportunity to good. bring him glory. That's All good, right. Pete. That's All right. One. Jesus explained how the sinner can come to God in verses 44 and 45. It is through the truth of the word. Jesus is the word. And it's through his teaching that God draws people to the Savior. This is basically the same message Jesus gave after he healed the paralytic in John 5. Yep. He knew the crowd was wanting to see something, but their real need was for them to learn something. Yeah, Jesus wanted them to know it is by the word that we can see God and receive faith to come to Christ and trust him. So when he's, I mean, he's he's pouring it on. He's saying, I am the bread of life, but I, it's through me. I am the word. So, you know, I am the way. And he's basically sharing with them how important it is. But I, I said this, and this is kind of what I'm talking about, God's word. We already kind of went into reading God's word, but 
God wants us to know that he is love. First John 4, 8 says that. He, that his love does not change through circumstances may. God is the infinite and we are finite. He sees the whole world, we only see part. God's ways are not our ways, Isaiah 55, 8 says. God does not condemn us, but came to, uh, to give us abundant life. By knowing his word, we begin to know him as a person that is deeply in love with us. He is more than a physical bread he can, that he can provide for us. And so again, it's the, the question there is like, if we know the word of God, we'll start knowing the truths about how God sees us. And we'll start knowing the truth, how he sees other things. The more that we know that, the more that we can now live freely. And that's what he's offering us with him as the bread of life. Yeah, in fact, he calls himself the living bread. That's it. He was not claiming to be exactly like the manna from of Moses. He was claiming to be even greater. Yep. The manna of Moses only sustained life for the Jews, but Jesus gives life to the entire world. The Jews ate manna and still died. But if you receive Jesus, you will live forever. That's what he's telling them. That's what he's trying to tell them. That's, yeah. that's the money. And they're just like, we can't wrap our brains around it. <laughs> I, we have to do our religious laws. You cannot heal on the Sabbath. You cannot do this. You How can, can you be greater than you, Moses? <laughs> what is going on here? What is wrong with you? You are just a whacked out job. You're just crazy. Uh, blah, 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 whatever they're doing. They're grumbling. And he's just like simply sharing with them these, these like amazing things. Like, just believe in me, that's it, and I'm going to give you eternal life. What? I mean, that's what I'm saying. People, listen, Jesus is so good. He is worth the listen. Listen to him. Hear him. Know him. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Your life will never be the same because of it. All right, All right. Jesus closed this part of the message by referring to his flesh, a word that will be used six more times before he finishes the dialogue with the leaders. Let's read verses 52 through 59, Pete, and unpack what right, he means. So 52, the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? That does kind of sound weird. So Jesus said to them, here we go again, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. How far, did, how far was I going to read here? I You're going to go to 59. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So 55. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. My flesh and my blood are true drink. Wow. These guys are going to be, he's already freaking them out. So yeah. Now, so he, now he's, he's just talking like, cannibalism here. He's taking the dagger is what he's doing here. All right. Go on. <laughs> Whoever feeds on my, he's not done yet. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died, talking about the manna from, from Moses. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Capernaum? Capernaum. Capernaum, I yes. got it. I almost got it. Oh, wow. Gosh. Okay, so that that's kind of like the shocking title right there, right? That's it. Eat my flesh, <clears throat> drink my blood. It's Oof. it. I mean, you got to listen to this whole show to get to the title, but yeah, here if, it is. Yeah, if you just tuned in right now, you're like, what are they talking about? But I can understand if you do not have the Spirit of God in you, and you're not seeing things from the spiritual standpoint, and if a yes. guy comes out and says this, oh my gosh, I mean, it's like, what is wrong with you? What is going on? But Jesus comes out and says that you must eat of his flesh to be saved. He knew that the, G the Jews were against hum eating human flesh of any kind and also drinking blood. But what we see here is another example in John's gospel of people misunderstanding a spiritual truth yep. by treating it literally. I mean, can you imagine if this was literally? I mean, he's probably like having fun with this. I'm just guessing. Right here, you want an arm? I'm just guessing. <laughs> But all Jesus was saying is that just as you take food and drink within your body and it becomes a part of you, so you must receive me within your inmost, innermost being so that I can give you life. That's what he's saying. He's just saying, you want all of me. You want to, you want to consume every aspect of me. And that's what we've been saying when you're talking, reading the word, when we're praying and we're spending time with him, we're saying, God, I want all of you inside of me. 
I, I want to know every aspect of you. I want to, I want to live as you live. I want to go when you go. I want to stay when you stay. I want to speak what you speak. I want to do what you do. I want to think the way that you think. I want to love people the way that you love them. That's what he's saying. You know what just hit me? What? Remember when your kids were really tiny, little babies? And you would just, you just couldn't get enough of them, right? You just wanted to hug on them. And you, you, you even hear people say sometimes, especially like grandmas, like, oh, I just want to eat them up. It's kind of that, you know, to like an nth yeah. degree. Yeah. But you just love them so much. But yeah. here, he's, it's not physical. He's, ta- he's using, so Jesus is using a human analogy uh, to convey a spiritual truth, just like he did with Uncle Nick in yeah. John chapter 3 and the yeah. Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Yeah, I mean, Jesus knew, understood that the truth is not sweet music to our ears. I mean, he wasn't, I'm not saying, he wasn't saying this like, woo, let's make this sound really great, right? I mean, he didn't. But there are those that are neither interest or nor regarded in deep things. So he's basically saying, I'm going to say this because I'm going to find out, are you wanting to know more about what I'm saying in a truthful way? Are you going to listen to this and want to pick up a stone and throw it at me? So he's telling these hard things. He's saying it this way because he's wanting to know, are you, are, is your heart conditioned to hear what my father is saying? Hmm. Is your heart conditioned to hear the spirit of love coming from me? Or is your heart conditioned to pick up a stone and, and crucify me? And, and he's trying to separate the, the, the wheat from Sticking the shaft here. the same thing. He's using shock factor That's what to he's separate doing. the wheat and the shaft. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, in, in certain things, I have been in situations many times where I would say things off the cuff just to see where the person's at. I do it all the time. No. Oh, you know this. <laughs> and I would do that. Was sarcasm. But I Sorry. do that because I want to see where they're at. And depending on how they respond or how they act, I will then proceed to the next point. If they respond a certain way, then I would just let it go. Hey, if Jesus can do shock value, you know, you're supposed to, you're just being like Jesus. <laughs> but I don't do it in a manipulating way. In love. I, just, I, in do love. It, I have fun with it. All right. All right, let's go on. Jesus's teaching was not hard to understand to the spiritually discerning Christian, but it is hard to accept once you understand it. Let's read verses 60 through 7. We told you we had a lot of reading yeah. today. Uh, six, let's finish this up. We'll finish up well, chapter this is, 6. So basically six. we'll set it up is, is they turn away. So a lot of his disciples heard this, and he he wanted to separate the church, basically. So the people that were following him, he wanted to say, are you really going to follow me, or is this hard teaching going to be too much for you? So let's go ahead and read it. Good. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Hmm. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those who, who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by I the father. father. Yeah. After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Hmm. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him. You got to love Peter. Lord, to whom shall we go? Yep. You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is the devil. Mm. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Man, John six, he did not pull back, pull out. Boom. I mean, he dropped a hammer yeah, yeah, like no drop. other, everywhere, yeah. all across. Yeah. And one of the most saddest verses in the Bible is right here, John six 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 or John sixty six. It's it's six six six, right? The, yeah. It's like they turn the disciples is that turn an them back. Uh, no, I don't think it is. I mean, that's why I always remember it because I remember yep. that. But that's a sad. I mean, they turned away from him. But the Jewish leaders both misunderstood Jesus' words and they rejected them. They were offended by what he taught. This was too much for them. And the result is that many of Jesus' own disciples turned back on him and they went back to their old life. So, wow. Is that a message for pastors that if you preach the truth, people may turn away? Oh, I, th- I know they will. I mean, and that's the thing is, that's another encouragement to pastors and to people is don't take out of the word of God. Don't, don't make the word of God, you know, watered down. Don't try to avoid some hard passages that are in the Bible. Don't, don't avoid 
telling the truth what it is. I mean, Jesus pulled out, I mean, he just dropped the hammer. I mean, he said the hardest things in the world to, to these the Pharisees and these Sadducees and these Jewish leaders and so forth, and he just said it. But many times when things get hard and we don't understand what Jesus is doing in our lives, we are tempted to go back to our old lifestyles. Hmm. I mean, can you ever think of a time when that happened to you, Bob? Um, well, I'm thinking of example in the book of John when Peter does it. Yeah. Like, you know, after he denies Jesus three times, what does he do? He goes back to fishing, right? Yeah. I think I think it's just human nature. I, you know, when we feel uncomfortable or we we don't understand what's going on, we go back to what so, feels natural. So I, I call it going back to my bad habits. So there's a certain way of doing things in my life that weren't the very best way. And then when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I started to just trust him with my next steps. And then when things got tough, I would then go back or revert back to my old habit that helped me get through a time or a circumstance such that was similar. Instead of surrendering it to the Lord, waiting on the Lord, being still in his presence, I would try to fix it. I would try to figure it out myself. So that's the way I look at it. You ever had that? Yeah, often. Yeah. I try to fix it myself. Yeah. So it's, it, and again, it's just surrendering to God is letting God deal with it. Where here, and it they, never works out well. No. And then you're, every time you're like, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. A true follower of God will never abandon Jesus. Uh, when he asked his 12 if they planned on leaving him as well, Peter responded and said, Where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter got the message. He knew that Jesus was speaking about the word and not about literal flesh and blood. He wasn't. Peter understood that this wasn't cannibalism, that it was he was talking about spiritual things. If you're walking with Jesus and you you know him and you have a personal, intimate relationship with him and something is said that is not in context with the word of God, you can immediately reject it. You could say, no, that's not, uh, that's not of me. I know God. I'm not going to reject him. I'm not going to turn my back on him. I know this is what the father is. I know who he is. Um, and so Peter is basically saying, no, I understand that this teaching is hard and I understand that this is difficult. Um, and, but I see, and I trust you and I know that you are, um, going to be faithful here. And so, uh, the preaching of the word of God always leads to a sifting of the hearts of the listeners. God draws sinners to the Savior through the power of truth, his word. Those who reject the word will reject the Savior. Those who receive the word will receive the Savior and experience the new birth, eternal life. If you do not know Jesus and the desire to know him today, are you willing to admit the need for his truth, his word, and come to the Savior? If you do not, if you do, you can have eternal life today. Matthew 10, 39 says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And what Jesus is telling you and telling us is, listen, um, the time to surrender to him as he was telling the Pharisees is now. If you want to have eternal life, we have to understand that he is the only way to get there. He is the bread of life. By believing in him, we have eternal life. We have a bread. We have a substance. We have Jesus that will get us the the secret ingredient to getting into heaven. There is no way to get into heaven but through Jesus. There is no way to have eternal life. The Bible says that the absent from the uh, body is to be present with the Lord. So that means if we believe in Jesus, that minute we die, we can then be in his presence. But if we reject Jesus as these Pharisees did... If we reject Jesus and we grumble and we complain about what his word says, then there's no way. There's no way to get into heaven. We will be, as the Bible says, we will be destined to hell for all eternity. And and that is a place that we don't want anybody to go. And if Jesus is tugging at your heart and if the sovereignty of God has met you right where you're at and the spirit of God is is speaking to your heart now and he's telling you, that this is what you're supposed to do, that you're supposed to surrender your life to him, that you're supposed to turn from the ways that you've been living and you're supposed to now live for Jesus. If that is happening, you now have the opportunity to say, God, I want to do that. And you can be one with the Father today. Jesus said in John 17, that says, I and the Father are one. And Lord, the ones that you have sent me are one with me as I am with the Father. And that means that once we give our life to Jesus, once we surrender that to him, we become one. 
that we become uh, saved, that we become forgiven, that we become uh, uh, blood-bought, and that we begin, uh, be given a new, we become new creation or creatures in Christ Jesus. And my tongue tied here. But that's what the Bible was saying. And so if you're hearing this today and you want to give your life to the Lord, all you got to do is say, God, forgive me of my sins. In your heart of hearts, you just pray, Lord, forgive me. I turn from my wicked ways. I turn from my sin, Lord. I repent of them. And Lord, I choose today to follow you. I choose today to believe that you are the son of God, that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. And I choose today to to walk daily with you. I choose today to get to know you intimately. I choose today to know your truth so that I can uh, get be set free in every circumstance or every situation that might come my way in the future. I choose today to live for you. I love you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. And if that's you, you are saved. And the Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice and they're, they're clapping now and they're excited. And, and uh, so now go tell somebody. The Bible tells us that uh, if, you, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I too will deny you before my Father in heaven. Don't deny Jesus any longer in your life. Go share it with your friends. Go share it with your family member. Go share it with your brothers and sisters and, and kids. Tell somebody that you've given your life to Jesus today. Bob? Pete, what a great show. What a, when I read the title, I was going to, oh, this is going to be good. But uh, man, it powerful, powerful show. It so was. I look forward to uh, hearing the comments in Facebook and on YouTube. So make sure you check out our social media sites at the Riot Podcast. Um, go to our website, riotpodcast.co.co, and you can find all the information there. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you click that bell, hit subscribe, and uh, share with a friend, would you? But guys, just have an amazing week. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to bring the Word of God to you, and we just pray that uh, you just have an amazing week. Pete, any final words? No, God is so good. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may his countenance just completely surround you this week as you move forward with him. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.